Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Robcast. And I <laughs> is that what it's called, a Robcast? The Robcast. Nice. What what else would you call it? You I know don't what I mean. Know. I am here with Colleen Flynn Lawson. This is her first time in the back house. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Actress, pitbull owner, mm-hmm. Santa Monica resident. No, Westwood. Westwood. Yeah, not Santa Monica. Westwood. Westwood. Yeah. Seriously. Now, we first met at Glenn and Iris's dining room table. Mm-hmm. We have these beloved friends. Hi, Glenn. Hi, Iris. <laughs> and they have, the, you know, your friend that has that dining room table that's like where so many memories have happened. Mm-hmm. That's where we first met. Mm-hmm. And we got talking about Ama. Mm-hmm. And I was like, someday we need to do a Robcast about your experiences with Ama because it it's just so fascinating to me. It is to me too. <laughs> so we'll start talking about Ama and we'll see where it goes. Okay, great. So how do you, when someone's like, who is Ama? Where do you even start? Well, the truth of the matter is now I say she's a humanitarian. When I first met her, I called her my guru and I said that um, she's considered a saint in India. Yes. But that was, I, I met her I think in 98 or 99. And then, uh, you know, she's just grown so incredibly since then and yeah she's been regarded by um the she's been given an ngo and so you know we're not a cult so it really went from my personal how i felt about her till i don't mean to i can't contract her down into a soundbite but she is a humanitarian and she is a global influence and um she's for me it's so different there's two different things there's my experience of her and then there's who she is to the world so so she an uh an indian woman indian woman in her 60s? She's born in 1953, yeah, in southern India. And she's the lower caste. She's very dark for an Indian. And um, that's interesting, too. And uh, I remember reading that as a kid, she would take food from her house to feed the poor. Yeah, she was, her mom got sick when she, uh, I guess when she was around nine, and she got taken out of school. And so um, she would go and beg for her family's food, not beg, she would go to ask her neighbors for her family's food and for the cows that they had. And she was, even as a child, sort of undone by all the suffering. Mm-hmm. And so she actually would take stuff from her own house and give it to people. And then she started to embrace people. And as a dark-skinned young girl, that was really not acceptable. And to hug somebody. Hug somebody. She was just embracing them out of their suffering. You know, in the Enneagram, she's actually considered a two, which is the helper. And she, um, from an early age, that's what she was doing. That was her response to all the suffering that she saw at nine. And then I don't remember what age, but around 10, 11, 12, she began to embrace people. And you encounter her in 98, so 18 years ago. When did she start touring? I think it was 25 or 26 years ago. And she would go... Can you just tell people what uh, Ama tour, what happens when she comes to a city? Because Well, I mean, it's very different when it was in the beginning. I mean, there's people that have known her from the beginning uh, here in the States that call themselves old timers, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and they said in the beginning, she used to come to living rooms and, and you would sit around and um, sing songs or budgeons, that's what they're called, and do a chanting, and then she would embrace people. What it's like now is And then everybody, different. you'd be in the living room, you'd sing, chant, then everybody would line up. Line up. And you would take turns getting hugged, hugged by her. By Ama. Mm-hmm. So it started in living rooms. I think it started in living rooms, and then it grew to bigger spaces, and yeah, exactly. 
and now she, massive. <laughs> like how? Well, in the states, not as massive, quite honestly. I mean, we've had crowds for okay. To go back to your question, what happens now is Amma will tour a few places in the United States, and she has three ashrams. She has one, three or four ashrams. She has one in. Northern California, one in Redondo, one in Chicago, and then one other place, which I'm forgetting. And she'll come for two times a year. She'll go to two places in uh, the fall, and then she'll do a summer tour. And that summer tour is coming off of the European tour. So you have people that are traveling with her for like three months. So she will come in for two public program days, maybe a retreat, and then Devi Bhava. And you'll have from... What's Devi Bhava? Devi Bhava is... Bhava is like holding the vibration of, and Devi is the female, the, fu- the feminine divine. And so in the beginning, she would dress Holding up, the vibration of yeah. the feminine divine. Yeah, that's... Yeah. That's a pretty good sense. I know, it's really cool. <laughs> and, um, and so she dresses up in these magnificent um, saris, and then she will do a prayer for peace at 7 o'clock at night and begin holding people or giving a hug darshan it's called from about 10 o'clock at night till eight in the morning and she, or you know and i i was there one year where she held we had seven thousand people that had come yeah yeah i was in trivandrum india and I'm, um yeah it was that amazing just sent, like <laughs> I know, electricity I know okay 7, okay so <laughs> seven thousand people will line up no, they'll come and go throughout the night. And then eventually, then eventually, in the beginning when the, when the crowds were a little bit smaller, Amma would hold everybody, would give darshan to everybody that came. But um, two things that happened is that one, well, I would have to go back and explain something though. So, you know, she's, I think out in the records, the guesstimate is that she's held about 25 million people. So 25 million, 25 million people, people have been hugged by her, by this Indian yeah, woman. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm just going to go back, even though you haven't asked me the question. I know it's Rob's house, but now it's Colleen's house just for a second. <laughs> so I'm going to explain the idea about Darshan. So when I first heard about her, I was in therapy mm-hmm. and I was in therapy with this incredible therapist named Robert Lorenz. And um, he's like a groundbreaking guy. And uh, I was seeing him as a therapist and about two months in, I, I said to him, you know, I figured I would just take a leap of faith. And I said, you know, I, I don't know, God's everything. And he said, yeah, pretty much. And I thought, okay, this is a person I can talk to. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how long, how long, uh, maybe a couple of years in, um, I, I was in a therapy session and he, he looked like a different person. He had, um, he looked like he had lost like 20 pounds or 10 years. And I went, oh my God, Robert, ha- has anybody said anything to you? And he said, no, no, no. And we kept talking or I kept talking <laughs> and, um, and he said I, I'm so sorry no one that you've seen in the last week has said anything about how you look and he said because no. he just looked more alive oh, younger uh, uh, more lit if, up you know you hear these things like it looks like somebody's been lifted it's been yes, the burden right. has been lifted mm-hmm. I'd never seen anything like that in my life ever and this is a person that went on to be to be one of the most important people in my life I mean already I'd known him for two or three years and he was dramatically changing my life and so I really respected him. And he said, well, I think I met the real deal. And I said, what does that mean, you've met the real deal? He said, well, like the real deal. I think I met a a female saint. I said, well, I don't know what that means, Robert. What does that mean? And he said, well, her name is Mata Mridnandamayi. She was also known as Amma. And if you want to know about her, read a book. And I was like, okay, (laughs) which I thought was really smart because it sort of sent me in the right direction. So I waited for six months to meet her. 
And I met her and I was ready. You know, I was just a good little Girl Scout. You know, I'd read books and I'd been having dreams about her and I couldn't wait to meet her because I wanted to have a spiritual awakening. But you first heard about her through a therapist. Yeah. Who had been hugged by her. Yes. And subsequently lost weight. No, he didn't lose any weight. I mean, uh, lost years. He looks like he looked like a different person. He literally to his me, hug yeah. from Ama, yeah, so radically transformed him that you were like, "Wait, what's hap- What's happening?" And I so, didn't understand it actually. Yeah, I didn't understand. It. I didn't know. I wanted an awakening. I wanted what he had. I I had seen yeah. someone whom was at the top of his game, and he was a brilliant man, and. Here he looked like he had had peace imbued in his being, and I wanted that. Yeah, it's like coming from within and flowing. All of it, all out. of it was lifted. So six months later, you go. And do you Donna. go to a hugging? Yes, I go tour to a stop. Yeah, and I don't know what I've got myself into. I go with he what and city his, is? Uh, it's in uh, it's in Southern California. Okay, and it's a summer program. This is ninety eight. Ninety eight or ninety nine? I can't remember. And everybody seemed very miserable. <laughs> no, oh, like when you got there? When I got there. It seemed like it was just, you were surrounded by a lot of miserable p- people. They seemed very upset. And then I went into this room and see this very small, full-figured Indian woman at the front of the room. And um, the, this Robert and his wife, Ambujam, they they sat with me. And, you know, they were just, my husband and my husband said, sure, I'll come along. And, you know, I'd been reading books about her and I didn't know what to expect. And I was really, I was actually trembling. I was so nervous and excited because I, I think I wanted like the special one to hit me on the head and you know, all Mm -hmm. of a sudden I feel peace and serenity. So you go up together and my husband and I get, get, um, this Darshan or the hug together. And in my ear, she whispers, darling daughter. And it sounds like darling daughter, darling daughter. And I'm like, and she holds, she hugs the two of you at the same time. uh, My husband and then me, and then the two of us together. And with my husband, he goes first and she showers him with affection she holds him and she whispers in his ear and she hugs him. And I think she might've rubbed his face. And then she- How hugged. long did that take? How I, long? It felt like, it really felt like five minutes, but I'm sure it was probably 30 seconds. I've heard people say this, that being hugged by Ama, you lose track. Yeah, you lose track of time. And I, I, was, I was fascinated how much attention my husband gets. And so we stand up and we get, you know, we, you get then moved you, then away. Then you get hugged. I get hugged. And what's it like? Nothing. I don't feel anything. No way. Nothing. Really? No. So we go over to the front of the room where you sit after you get your hug, because sometimes for people it can be, uh, it can just be a, such an incredible experience. My husband proceeds to sit down and start sobbing, sobbing. And I look at him and I literally think, I'm effed. I'm screwed. <laughs> this isn't going to happen. And because I can't handle this, oh. I can just cry thinking about it. I was so mm. devastated. I said, I'm just going to go up to our hotel room. I said, oh, you guys, I'm, I'm, they were like, how was it? I go, oh, it's fine, fine. I, I could see, I literally left my husband who's sobbing. I was just like, oh, yeah, everything will be good. And, I who, go up, and he had come along like, sure, yeah, I'll come sure, with I'll you. Come with and you. then he gets hit by a lightning bolt. He, exactly. Being hugged by this woman. Exactly. And you just got a hug Nothing. and it was a hug. It's like, bye-bye. It was a hug that was a hug. Yeah, it was That's a it. hug that was a hug. Exactly. So I go up to my room. And my husband and I are really different people. I'm hyper neat. My husband would not be that. So, you know. I go into the uh, hotel room and it looks like a bomb has hit it. And I try to navigate and I trip over something and I see that the toilet seat is up and he's spit in the sink and there's all of this toothpaste. And and I, I'm, I'm sort of moving along, just getting stuff. I'm going to get a drink of water and sit on the bed. 
And it lasts for a few minutes. Like I'm navigating, I'm navigating. And I sit down on the bed and I realize I'm angry about nothing. Nothing. Mm-hmm. No, no anger. And I, I inhale my breath and I go, oh my God, she just lifted my anger. I really believe that. It, I'd never because felt... Because prior to that, you would have just been on a... Ra- like, oh, I just ah, would have just yeah. given him a what for. Yeah. You know, come on, love. We're on a retreat. Why can't you put the lid down? Why can't you wipe your spit out of the sink? Why couldn't you just make the bed? I mean, whatever I'd gone out of fear, it just would have been crunchy. Mm-hmm. But I sat on the side of the bed and I, I remember touching my throat. And I think I saw the long and short of it. And I don't know how to express this except to say, oh my God, love is the answer. And oh my God, I'm in for a long ride. Like I got that in one moment in my throat. Like I, I got a lot of work to do. And also how astonishing it was to exist without anger. I, I felt like I, I felt like I was like, it, I don't even know how to express it. My whole body was devoid of anger and frustration. And previous to that, you had carried it around a lot. Or you had some, somehow you became... Sure, sure. And it was not present like no, it would have been. absolutely not. At least for a minute or two or five, I don't remember. And I remember floating and, and understanding that who I could be without all of that fear and who I could be without all of that reaction. And I have to say, that was a long time ago. Hi, puppy. And, um, you know, it's... It's a long journey since then, yeah. but I, that was it for me. That was, she was it for me after that. At, no questions asked. What do you mean? Well, for two years, I sort of dressed up as a spiritual person. You know, I like got a lot of white clothing. Actually, I really liked beige and white, so I was already digging that, you know, <laughs> could multi, multi-use. Yeah. I was like, hey, I'm in beige. Yeah. And I had a lot of long flowing stuff, and, you know, I said Namashivaya a lot. And I didn't really get involved. It was so lovely to be on the periphery of things. I was I was an organizer in my own life, and I was sort of in charge of things in my own life. And then I would go to her retreats, and I would get embraced, and I would feel so good about people, and I would volunteer, and I would love them, and I would want to bring joy and happiness and relief. And then I got involved. Then I started to volunteer. And really what I understood is you cannot give away what you don't have. Mm-hmm. So being of service for me, she was my true inspiration. Serve people, you know, service, love is the answer, love is the religion. She doesn't want any kind of followers. She doesn't want you to change a religion. But just her shining example of compassion, she's like the energizer bunny. And she just showed me through her actions what it could be like. And it's hard work for me. I'm very human. I mean, I love people and I wanted to be of service and they people annoyed the hell out of me. They worked my nerve, you know, and I, what got revealed in volunteering for her was my harshness and my, um, you know, it's so easy to love people when they're behaving, but when they're not behaving, that's when you really get called to action. So when you talk about, you can't give what you haven't received, where does, Amma, no, no, you can't give what you don't have, what you don't have. Where does Amma's source, like, to start hugging people at 10 p.m. and hug people through till 8 a.m. Or to with the amount of humanitarian work she does. Where does, what is her source? Or like personally, how does she cultivate something in there that she can give that sort of gift? 
Ooh, all right. Well, then I'll speak to clear. I, I mean, I'll be really straight up. Like I don't. So I think when there's no duality, yeah. I think when a human being has gone past duality and doesn't see any difference between them and everything else. Yes, when the boundaries dissolve. The boundaries dissolve. There, I don't. I don't think Ama has any. I think if anything is short circuited, it's the physical body. Certainly not who she is. The physical body is, I mean, she's 63 now and she's hold millions of people and she rarely sleeps. And I'm not misspeaking. I actually can say that I, I know that Ama does not sleep a great deal of the time. And, and, but I think that the source is the divine consciousness, the infinite love. She, all she wants to be is love. All she wants to do is minimize suffering. She wants others to, if they can, to love and be of service and minimize the suffering. And they talk a lot about karma. And, you know, karma is about past action. But but what she refuses to do, in and this is in the writing about her, is that to to look at people's karma and take the path of inaction. So, yeah, people might be born into poverty and they might be born into suffering. But that doesn't give anybody an excuse for inaction. And then what you get to do is you get to see who you are. Like, I'm, in, I'm, a, I'm a nobody. I mean, I'm not a nobody to me, but I'm saying in the world of healing, I'm just a tiny, 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 tiny little foot soldier. But she, to me, is, she's the big engine. She's the inspiration. She's nonstop. I mean, I've been with her. I've been with her at a Devi Bhava, and I've watched her hold people, and I've watched their suffering and their relentlessness and their pettiness, and, you know, somebody's up there with a catheter and a new heart, and somebody else wants to know, you know, um, you know, what apartment should they get? And they're talking to her. And while she's holding people, she's running this massive, I don't know if you looked at her. Um, huge. Huge. It's just her, what she's accomplished is massive. If anybody wants to go onto ama.org, just go ahead, just take a look. And, um, and I'm such a small piece of it, but it is such a, so to answer your question, because I'm waxing rhapsodical, right? No, it's fantastic. It's uh, fascinating. You know, so to me, my direct experience of her in the many, many darshans that I've gone, gotten since I've known her is that she reflects unconditional love. She does not have duality. And so she just keeps going. And it's spectacular to watch. I've said to people, listen, you don't have to come and get touched if it freaks you out. You know, it's really, oh, and Amma said she's here to wake women up, like wake women up. And P.S. Men, you better wake up. <laughs> but uh, yeah. She's here to wake women up. And, and she said that somewhere. So I guess I can say that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're in her presence and you sit behind her and you watch the masses of faces coming to her and everybody's just going through everything. Have you ever sat through the night? Oh, sure. You've sat behind her. Yes. For the whole night, well, and just I think watched I, her oh, hug I fell people. Asleep. I was in India, and I went. I went to Trivandrum, and um, and we. It was a, a it was a Devi Bhava, which is a very big deal because she is considered a saint there. And um, I know that seven thousand people were in the line in one line, whereas in Los Angeles, when we had seven thousand people, they came and. They yeah. came and went during the night. But there in India, they make these massive, massive corrals and people wait for seven hours. I know that they do because I was there. And um, because I was a Westerner and uh, uh, travel had traveled so far, you get an enormous privilege, which is you get to sit on the stage and you can sit behind her. And uh, Incredible. Incredible. And I sat in an eye line and watched her hold people. And I like, think in India it lasts about five seconds. Here in, here in the States we need about 30 seconds because, you know, we don't want to be separated from our stuff. <laughs> <laughs> 
takes a little longer. In India, it's like, you know, it's like, it's a massive machine just to have her touch people because it's such a different thing in the, in the yeah, Hindu right. tradition. She'll touch any, everybody and anybody. And I can talk about the leper someday if you want to, but that might just You've be too seen much. her. It's not too much. Okay. You've seen her hug lepers. No, I have not seen her in person. There is footage. Uh, it, there is footage out there. You can get it. Of um, when she was young and in India, there is footage of her licking a leopard's wounds. It's there's footage. I don't know if they release it anymore. I could be getting in big trouble. I don't think he's going to get me in trouble. Yeah, seriously. Um, and so you're sitting there and you're watching, watching people come and they get hugged for and about then, three seconds. And then, um, what reactions have stood out to you of people who are there any people you've seen get hugged by Alma and it stayed with you for days or it sort of is imprinted on your mind? My own. Yeah. My own. I've had the most spectacular darshans. I've had the most, I have the most amazing darshans, I can honestly say. So you've been hugged by Alma a lot. Yeah, or oh yeah. Over the, what's this, 18 years? I don't know. What is it? 99, 98? 98, 99, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot. I don't go as much now because there's so many people and, you know, it's, um, I go when I need it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very, I'm very blessed. I can be in the periphery of, you know, because I, I'm a, I'm for a, about 12 or 13 years, I was the point person for the LA, um, stop of her summer tour. So because of my responsibilities, I was able to, you know, be in her presence a lot. Um, and I have wonderful partners now that help me, but for many, many years I had just an absolute privilege and I was really naughty. Like one time I was feeling very, um, disregarded and peripheral and I went up and, you know, stood there and, you know, she's surrounded by thousands of people and I said I wanted to kiss her, <laughs> you know. So I just do stuff where, you know, as a contrary action to just say, you know, I want a little connection and then I'll go off and, you know, do my volunteer thing. But yeah, it's my darshans. I mean, I've seen amazing darshans, but mostly it's when I come up to her and I see her face and I see her eyes and she looks at me and I know that she knows me and she calls me her daughter and she asks me sometimes, she's asked me, you know, are you tired? And I laugh because she's been holding people for, you know, seven hours. And I just, that's the thing that's the most powerful to me is that, that moment where I've gotten to be in her arms and it seems like a lifetime. I, I can't believe that this, this 30 seconds is the thing that I cannot walk away from. Right, 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 right. That's the, that's the thing that I, I can't shake is that 30 second experience and people all over the world attest to being yeah. hugged by this woman mm-hmm. and how many legitimate, mm-hmm. authentic mm-hmm. life changes mm-hmm. happen. Not like, oh, I felt emotional for a moment and mm-hmm. then we went back to normal. No, no like legitimate mm-hmm. life transformation. Oh, go flowed. home and sell all their stuff. People uh, have gone home. I'm right. I didn't, but I think I, I think what I committed to was I can't walk away for those 30 seconds of unconditional love that vibrated through my whole body and gave me this kinesthetic of awareness of what it was like to live without fear and anger. I was like, hot damn, I'm not walking away from this. And I, I want you to know that I, I straight up, I am not, you know, in, in the world of the guru, because it's a Hindu tradition, you know, they say people are devotees and I always say to people, oh, I'm a bad devotee. 
you know, I don't meditate. <laughs> I don't do all the chants. I want to say that I really tried those things. Um, the Budgeons are wonderful songs about God, and they don't speak to me as much. But they're friends of mine that are truly devoted. And I would call myself a devotee, but I don't think I'm a, a perfect one. I don't even know if I'm a good one. I just know that I'm deeply inspired every day on a regular basis to reach out to what she is to me to make a choice to give more, be more patient. You know, Stephen and I have a joke called Ama in the Kitchen. And, um, <laughs> you know, I'm really, I'm very mindful about, um, so I'm into the practicality of her in my life. I think other people are really devotional and they have big rooms that are not big, but, you know, beautiful rooms dedicated to their um, meditation practices. And Ama talks about that, you know, meditate, do a mantra, Come on, get in there and do some yoga. I don't think Amma says come on, but you know, <laughs> stretch, <laughs> get into your body, be mindful. They, those are the things that Amma says, love, service, um, conserve, practice. Those are the things that are going to change your life. So I'm trying to love and um, I'm trying to serve and uh, I do my practice, some practices, yeah. definitely. I definitely do some practices and I can serve, but I want her in my life all the time on a practical level. So uh, there was a story in India where um, Amma has, uh, there's not a story. I was there. Um, Amma, <laughs> Amma, I don't know what I'm talking about. There was a story many years ago. I was actually there <laughs> sweating. Um, Amma started this uh, program for widows because uh, 15, when I went to India in 2000, you know, when, when a woman is widowed in India, uh, in a lot of ways, that's just the, the, the it's almost yeah. like, a, it's, I don't want to say a death sentence to be dramatic, but yeah, no, it, no, it yeah. is. There is. There was no support there. So Amma started a stipend for widows. And I was awoken at about five o'clock in the morning, or six o'clock in the morning. I got up and I heard all of this these sounds. It was spectacular. I didn't know what it was. It was like this low hum. And I go down to this very large area in the ashram, and there are 500 widows in their most beautiful saris. It was the most beautiful thing to see. And they were there and one by one individually in front of everybody, they would walk up to the front and they would be um, given their stipend for the month. And in the meantime, you're, I'm, you know, because it's all run on volunteers, I'm over there chopping carrots. And so I go to the Western canteen area where a lot of Westerners eat when they're in the ashram in India. And again, this is many years ago. And, um, the German woman who is, is running me is just being a crazy pants. And I'm chopping and she's very nervous and she's hovering over in me and she's saying, don't, no, 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 that's, that's food. Don't, don't cut that off. You know, I'm trying to shave it and make it pretty like a nice girl from, you know, the United States. And she's like, no, that's food. Stop cutting it like that. So I take a break from what I'm doing and I'm eating my meal and I, and I finish almost all of it, but just a little bit is left. And one of the wind widows walks past me and she looks me in the eye and I look at her and she takes the rest of the food off my plate and eats it. And I'm staring at her and I'm going, oh, that's a person that has a different experience of food than I do. Mm -hmm. There was no shame there. I was finished. Mm -hmm. That was food. So I mentioned it to the woman or some conversation happened and the woman explained to me that the reason that everybody was crazy in the Western kitchen is that they were all in there cooking and Alma came in and walked in and she went up to the garbage pail and she dug in and she pulled it out of the garbage and began to eat it. Because her point was what you thought was waste in your lack of mindfulness, that's food for people. And she did not say anything to anybody. She just went in there and pulled it out and began to eat it. And women were just, 
the, all of the volunteers were just heartsick because so how that articulates itself in my life is that when my husband and I are having dinner or when we have food in the fridge and it's not in a good place and you think, oh, it's not really that good. I always say, we don't want almond in the kitchen because this idea of don't be wasteful. No, really take it to another level. Don't push it on other people. Almond didn't yell at anybody, but like, where could I be even more mindful? How could I actually say, don't do that? And it changes my life so that I don't have to, you know, be deprived of, oh, I, I can't use the car and I can't use water. It's no, when you do that, be super mindful. And that's how she inspires me on a practical level. Oh, that's such a good story. And it's so interesting to me. No judgment, no rule, no throwing down the gauntlet. She no. just reaches into the trash. No. And pulls out the food and eats it. Yeah. I I think it's endlessly fascinating that there's the practice. There's the every day you take another step. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. the the thousand tiny little steps and increments that shape you and transform your heart over the time. And then there are these experiences we have. Uh, A friend of mine always talks about becoming hungry for a food that you previously didn't know existed. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm in agreement. And somehow there are, there is the long, slow everyday path. Mm -hmm. And then there are peak experiences, moments, a hug from Ama. Mm-hmm. something that happened with this music and this person and yep. this meal that shift things at some tectonic subterranean level within mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and suddenly you can't go back. You you can't unsee what you just saw. Mm-hmm. And those moments transform you as well. Yeah, but the, the question to me is, I, I, to me more and more, it's not, it's not what transforms you. It's how do you sustain? Yes. How do you sustain that awakening because I think that there's hundreds of them during the day. I think that the yeah. divine consciousness will throw up endless infinite opportunities for you to show up and be that again and not to be undone by your fear. Yeah. But I think that with Ama, I'm selfish. You know, I grew up in the Catholic tradition and that tradition is a beautiful tradition, but I did not see me in that tradition. And here I have a woman that is my inspiration. And I'm not saying that the Mother Mary wasn't that because that I had an altar to Mother Mary and that was, and it's still Mother Mary is beautiful. And I think Jesus is beautiful. But for me on a selfish level, I needed to have it in action. A path. Absolutely. A flesh and blood. Flesh and blood. What Absolutely. Does, how do I actually get my hands around this how and do I live watch this? It? I watch it. I think that I had a... Interesting. You know, I think that when I was... I talked to you about Trevandrum and I was on the stage with her almost the whole night and then I was able to go up into this balcony and go to sleep for a little while. And it literally was a very thin little balcony and I could just lay flat and I just rested my head against the banister and watched her the whole night. And I remember... Every time I think about this, I remember <clears throat> my mother was a devout Catholic. And she was so beautiful. And she said, you know, I told her about my experience with Amma and how it was changing my life. And, you know, the commonality, she really, she really, so I called her and I explained what had happened in Trivandrum and how 7,000 people had come and they had waited until the wee hours of the morning and I had watched what Amma did. And, and then the food came out and I had helped prepare the food and there was enough food for people. And my mom said, like the loaves and the fishes, you know, we were saying like the loaves and the fishes and it changed everything. It changed everything for my mother and I because not that there was discord there, but that, that 
that connection on like a, a level yeah, yeah. Uh, that never, I never ever could have imagined that my mother on that level got it. Could see. Ex- and that I could see. Oh. She believed so completely and utterly in Jesus. Jesus was my mother's best friend. God yeah. God was so important. But th- in, a, in a way, on that moment, my mother and I had never been so in right. sync. Right. Because right. She, wasn't, right. she wasn't diminishing her experience. And she wasn't placating me. She was saying, oh, yeah, I get, I get what you get. And I was going, no, I, and I get what you get. Yeah. And I think that was just, that was the bomb. Oh, that's so beautiful. Okay, so Ama yes. hugs, and she'll she'll do a tour. She'll do multiple cities. Yeah, oh, many. Back to back. Oh, many, yes. So she'll do lots of nights of being up all night yeah. hugging people. Yeah. When it's or eight, till 3 a.m., it depends. Because Debbie Baba is through the night, and then all the other programs go to about 3 a.m. So she's through the night hugging people. Mm-hmm. When she's done, is... is um. I'm trying to get at the 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 human flesh and blood woman in her sixties from India, Ama. Is she like, man, that was, I'm, I was on fire. Man, I'm hungry. Man, that, you know what I mean? Does she like go get a well, meal? Have you ever seen her? I've seen her eat. Yes. Um, <laughs> I've yes, seen her. Eat. I've, but I've I mean, actually. What do you do after you've hugged seven thousand well, people? Do you just like? There's like a locker room. Is there a no, green room? Is there a don't, hotel room? You know do you watch what? some cable? This is what I no. think is so interesting. No, I don't. How no. do you, it's almost like how do you go from that to I don't I don't okay I, again as I said, you know, she's she's uh, this is not someone I've ever hung out with. This yeah, is someone right. whose presence I've been in yeah, and right. I so I I can say what I do know. Mm-hmm. Um I know that she is running. You know, she's to those who deeply respect her and what she does in the non-for-profit mm-hmm. world, she's one of the most intelligent business people out there. So there's this endless, compassionate, endless, endless. hug presence. No, but when she's but holding there's... people, Rob, she's actually running it. I've, exactly. I've been, she's That's been what... holding me, and I know she was talking to somebody about some website launch. It was probably the best darshan I've ever had because while she was talking to them, she pushed me into her lap and started gesticulating. And I think she was talking for like four or five minutes with them, and I thought I had died and gone to heaven. <laughs> I mean, I didn't get moved out of her lap. I, I can remember for years I would pray, oh, I hope she gets into a big discussion when I'm up there because I just want to hang out for as long as I possibly can. Yes, yes. So she doesn't go from, I mean, I've seen her physical form. I've seen her physical body. She, I know that her body is exhausted. I, I don't ever, I've never seen her the, her eyes exhausted. I really haven't. I can honestly say that. I've oh, never seen, wow. I've never seen that diminished. I think that she has people whose job it is to encourage her to sleep. And Mm. um, I know that she works to, in my small experience of what I do know or what I've witnessed, can't even say that I've witnessed it, but I do know that Ama is doing things and that I don't, I, the intensity in which she wants to change the world, I think there's little time for anything. And she jokes around a lot when she's on tour. She makes, she's very funny and people do a lot of things to make her laugh. And she doesn't speak English. She can speak English, but she doesn't. And, and I think that's because Westerners go into their thinking analysis, their ah, mind. And so. And this is about a different. That's a different kind experience. Of experience. I'm also struck with. For so, for so many people, the spiritual experience uh, is almost like it exists six inches off the ground. Mm-hmm. There's like spirituality. Yeah, there's yeah. This, and then there's 
bills and website launches and putting gas in the car. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And then there's the materiality of oh, life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And what's so fascinating to me is how many of the people that I've been most moved and inspired by, these were all integrated. Oh, um, yeah. Get down to business. Yeah. And you'll notice people who, who to talk about money is a completely different category than spirituality as opposed to no m- money is something that exists in this world and it's needed to do certain things and oh, there's yeah. but like with her i love that she's hugging people and running like getting people food and running an organization and it getting all is a food, seamless getting them integrated to school, reality getting them fed yes. getting the build teaching women yes. how to build toilet seats and getting yes. you know the first double hand transplant in yeah, her everything hospital. is spiritual everything it's is all... spir- it's like let's let's just get everybody in the same boat and lift each other up i mean <laughs> oh, and, it's but so that's interesting. easy that's easy to see i mean it's easy to say but then what i need is i need a physical manifestation sure. of that i yeah. need to see and and i'm not her yeah. I'm not her. I am yeah. not willing to give my whole life to that. I'm not. Not in the way that she has. I'm married. I want to yeah. be in the, I want to, I have uh, desires to do things just for myself. That is not her. Her is, her whole being is for everybody else. That's not what I want. So yeah. I have to find that balance in my life, how to you it's I want everything needs to be a win win situation. And I'm 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 not very graceful in my journey, but I'm trying to find Join you know, the club. Yeah. How do <laughs> how can I make money and love people at the same time? How can I monetize what I would do whether I would be paid or not? And I want yeah. to help people. I yeah. want to be a divine wind chime. I want to say, hey, you know Did you say divine wind chime? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Well I think I stole that. I think Tom <laughs> Thomas Wolf or somebody said that about another writer who I didn't like the writer other writer very much. <laughs> but I thought that's really what I want to be. Every time I open my my mouth, right? I want to say, hey, it's going to be okay. And I need, I need a reminder. I yeah. need constant reminders what direction yeah, to go. Yeah, me too. Me too. I need more. <laughs> That's your autobiography. I need, I need more. more. <laughs> this is so, uh, thank you so much. It's so inspiring. What? Well, thank it's so you. inspiring. And I love, I love the story about you and your mom. Mm. I love you talking about the lack of dualities, the boundaries result. Mm. I'm struck with, in you talking about Amma, your insight about uh, non-dual awareness, how much energy we spend, uh, I call it border patrol. Mm. Um, Those people are those people. Now, those people are those people. Like the amount of energy that we spend on distinctions. Well, I'm doing it now with you. They're different than us. I'm trying not to cry. I mean, oh, I, just let it flow. Oh, I know, let You're it flow. You're in the back house, let yeah, it flow. I know, but the thing <laughs> is, that's, you know, you can tell me not to cry, but it's also about, you know, I'm with another human being talking about the thing I love the yes. most. Yes. And it's so yes. powerful because I feel like I'm not going to make sense. But that's my ego and it bounces around and that's okay too. Right, right, it's right. It's okay too because it, it goes to me, oh yeah, this, this, this life is so powerful. You know, it's so tenuous and it's, you know, mm-hmm. I spill over onto other people. I get excited yes. about this more than anything yeah. else. But, but then I have compassion that, then I have compassion for the person that does, you know, patrol their borders. Because me not having compassion for a person that patrols their borders means I put my borders up again. Yes, exactly. So well said. <laughs> I, I love it. Ama. So you'll see Ama again. Oh do yeah. Do you have plans? Oh of course, yeah. Of course you do. I'll do it as long as I as long as she'll get... have me. 
I need to go get hugged. Absolutely. I can make that happen. Can you really? Oh, absolutely. That's the only perk of my job. I don't have to wait all night? I might actually wait all night just for the experience. Oh, you would, you would wait all night. I would. But, you know, we'll talk about it later. Oh, <laughs> friends. How great was this? Thank you again. You're so welcome. I really what a pleasure appreciate to be it. here. Grace and peace, everyone. Grace and peace.